I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Act 3. Six months into their occupancy of the Oak Creek Bungalow, Mika and David's fresh start twisted into a nightmare, thanks to their slumlord, Johannes. Despite their troubles, the pair decided to have a baby via surrogate. Twins, in fact. But then, a fateful game of Monopoly unleashed a deadly chain of events, with Johannes revealing his true darkness. David's financial advisor and best friend, Brandon, inadvertently incurred Johannes's wrath, leading to a bloody encounter with a grotesque leech creature. Brandon's disappearance triggered the downfall of Brocoin, forcing David to come clean about his secret investment in the doomed crypto that left him financially ruined. As secrets unraveled, Mika's infertility was linked to a violent, traumatic incident that exposed David's past cowardice. Mika's worst fears about Johannes were proved right when a former tenant showed up looking for her missing husband. Confronted by the bizarre and terrifying revelation of Johannes' hidden lair beneath their floorboards, Mika and David embarked on separate paths to seek answers. While Mika sought guidance from Mrs. White, David's confrontation with Johannes took a hellish turn after he made a gruesome discovery about Brandon and past tenants of the bungalow. Both Mika and David arrived at the same chilling realization. Johannes is an insidious leech, and they <laughs> are his next meal. <laughs> is that OTT enough? <laughs> Exterior, Malibu Beach, day. A sunny, windy... Oh, now it is windy. <laughs> 
You did. You set that up, didn't you? <laughs> a sunny, windy morning at the beach. David is sprawled out naked on the ocean shore, covered in sand. He slowly blinks his eyes open, sees nothing but the bright yellow sun beaming down on him. From afar, bystanders cry out. Oh, what the fuck? Super, day 358. David looks over to his left. Beside him is Brandon's dried out corpse. A seagull picks at his jerky like flesh. David chokes for words that don't come. Exterior, police interview room, day. Two world-weary detectives sit across from David at a table. David wears an old yellow t-shirt with dancing raisins. His face and body drained, depleted. Brandon Rao, your friend and business partner. He'd been missing for months, right? David nods his head. And in all that time, you never heard from him? If I had... Maybe our crypto wouldn't have tanked. You were upset that he jilted you. He didn't jilt me. We weren't lovers. The detectives look at each other, skeptical. You were naked when we found you. I couldn't tell you why. They don't believe a word he says. Mr. Brewer, can you tell us more about the financial dealings between you and the deceased? This is the part where I ask for a lawyer, isn't it? Interior, car moving, day. Mika drives her car, David in the passenger seat. He's absolutely miserable. They're both silent. So did you do it? How can you even ask that? Your reputation sucks right now. I have to ask. Murder. Really, Mika? Mika shrugs. To be fair, it looks pretty damning. I wouldn't believe me. Poor Ava, she's, she's going to be devastated. They say he starved to death, but it looked as if his insides had been sucked dry with a straw. I've never seen anything like it. David holds back tears as he's reminded of the horrific image of Brandon's body. You didn't go to Johannes's house, did you? I can't remember anything. I don't think I would. Why? Mrs. White told me something yesterday, but it's crazy. What? She said Johannes is a... A leech. A leech? Like a giant leech that feeds off people. Some, some kind of curse from the natives who had their land stolen, I guess. This piques David's interest very much. What else did she say? He eats renters who don't do what he wants. It's stupid, David. It, it's insane. After today, I think anything is possible. Mika glances at him, concerned that he might be right. Interior, living room, night. David makes his bed on the sofa. He gets under the covers, exhausted. Mika watches from the hallway. I was here alone last night. I hated it. Right. The secret root cellar thing is a bit unsettling. Let's go. She walks out of the room. David gingerly follows her. Interior, bedroom, night. David is fast asleep. The lights are off, but Mika sits up in bed with her phone to her ear. Ava, I'm so sorry to have to tell you this, but they found Brandon earlier today. He's dead. Silence on the other end. Ava? What else? Mika is taken aback by Ava's brevity and lack of emotion. They think David is involved. He's innocent, I, I promise. I know. I saw what killed him. David couldn't do what that thing did. 
What thing? Interior, Ava's living room, night. Ava lies on the sofa, illuminated only by a muted TV. Dark circles under her eyes. Everyone thought I was crazy. My family, doctors, police, they said I was having a mental breakdown. But I know what I saw. Ava breaks down an uncontrollable sob. <laughs> Intercut. Mika, Ava. Ava, it's okay. You can tell me. It was oozing with some kind of slime. Its teeth... I'll never forget the look on Brandon's face as it drained him. I see it even when I close my eyes. Oh, God. Mika gives Ava a moment to calm down. I don't know how to ask this, but was it a leech that you saw? Maybe. It wasn't human, that's for sure. There's pictures. I took some right before Brandon, under the car. The wheels got stuck in it. My dad says it's just oil or mud, but it's not. Can you send me those pictures, Ava, please? Fine. It's your problem now. Mika looks at her phone. Call ended. End intercut. Interior, bedroom, night. Mika receives several photo messages from Ava. With slight hesitation, she opens the images. At first, she's not sure what she's looking at. In the pictures, the wheels of Brandon's car are covered in thick sludge. Mika zooms in for a better look. What's in the pictures? His voice startles Mika. I, th I thought you were sleeping. Don't think I'll ever sleep again. Interior, kitchen, night. David and Mika study the pictures on Mika's phone. It's hard to make out. I'll adjust the settings. You should have heard Ava. She's like a different person. She didn't even ask how Brandon died. No one knows. The cops are just speculating. You really don't remember anything? David shakes his head. Here, I got it. Look. He shows Mika the edited photo. Hundreds of blob-like forms swim in the liquid like parasites under a microscope. What the hell? They look exactly like the blob thing that was in the shower drain. Didn't you say that it- Drank my blood. Unease settles over the both of them as they realize the implications. We're going to the police first thing. I don't know how, but Johannes is involved in this. Interior, bathroom, day. Early morning, Mika puts her hair in a ponytail. David, you ready? One sec. Mika's phone rings. She answers. Hello? Interior, bedroom, day. David puts on his socks. Mika walks in, her face expressing different emotions simultaneously. Shock, joy, dread. What is it? They're here. David immediately comprehends. Interior, hospital room, day. <laughs> Denise? is in labor, surrounded by a doctor and nurses. She screams in utter agony. Mika squeezes her hand. <laughs> Big push now. <laughs> I am. Push it out, shove it out, way, okay. <clears throat> Big push now, come on. Super, day 359. The heart monitor beats rhythmically in the background. There's something wrong. Feels different. We can do the epidural. Mm, it's not that. Out of nowhere, the monitor's alarms blare. What's happening? Hold on. The doctor applies an ultrasound wand to Denise's abdomen. 
As he looks at the screen, his expression grows serious. There's a rupture in the uterine wall. What does that mean? We have to get her ready for a cesarean immediately. No! This doesn't make sense! As she says this, a shockingly giant wave of blood gushes from between her legs, splattering the room and nurses. <coughs> Interior, neonatal intensive care unit, night. Mika and David gaze at their newborn twins inside incubators. Is it bad that I completely forgot we have kids on the way? We're going to be horrible parents. Too late. They're stuck with us. We don't even have their names. We have cribs. Mika laughs genuinely. David is glad to see her smile. The doctor approaches them. Denise is going to be fine. She's resting now. There was so much blood. We stitched her up and we're monitoring her vitals closely. I don't want you to worry. What about the babies? The healthiest premature babies I've ever seen. I want to keep them here for a few days, just to be sure. Okay? Got it. Can we say goodnight to Denise? We'll be really quiet. The doctor smiles, nods. Interior, hospital corridor, night. Mika and David walk out of Denise's room. How about Clementine? Like the fruit? It's a good name. If you get Clementine, I get Terrence. We're not naming our kid Terrence. The moment is cut short as a massive shadow casts over them. They look up to see Johannes, grinning from ear to ear with a teddy bear and balloon bouquet in hand. David and Mika freeze. Uncle Johannes has arrived. What the hell are you doing here? Offering my congratulations. It's nice to have new members of the family. Just in time for the holidays, no? Are you out of your mind? Get the fuck out! This hospital is not your property. We know you've been sleeping in the cellar. If you come near my family again, you'll regret it. Johannes's jovial smile turns sour. I can see that I'm going to be mistreated. After all I've done for you, I'm dismissed like trash. He takes out a folded piece of paper from his pocket and gives it to David. What is this? Your lease expires in five days. You'll need to sign a new one. But you should know that I need to raise the rent. Double. You're delusional. We're moving out. No, I don't think you will. Sniffing the air, Johannes takes a big whiff and motions to Denise's room. Mmm. It smells good in there. He giggles, evil, <laughs> hungry. Mika and David exchange worried looks as he walks away. Interior, car moving, night. David drives fast. Mika bites her lip, stressed. Funny. For a brief moment there, I forgot about our fucked up reality. We're going home, grabbing our things and staying at a hotel until the baby is ready to leave. And then what? We'll figure it out from there, but we'll be okay. I promise. Interior, bedroom, night. Mika and David furiously stuff duffel bags with clothes. Carl and Max stare, bewildered by the bustle. I'm going to look for the crate. Okay. Interior, office, moments later. Mika grabs the cat's crate from the top shelf of the closet. She suddenly cries out in pain. She looks down at her ankle. It's slashed, bloody. Max stands there, hair raised. Ow! What is wrong with you? Bad cat! She grabs the cat by its scruff, puts it in the crate. Max spits and hisses at her so she can't close the door. A sudden doorbell ding-dong startles Mika. 
Interior, front door, moments later. Nervous, David clinches a baseball bat in his hands, stands behind the front door as Mika opens it. It's Mrs. White with a bottle of champagne. Interior, dining room, night. David, Mika, and Mrs. White convene at the dinner table. How'd you know about the babies? We didn't tell anyone. I'm sensitive to things. Always have been. I had a vision of them. Psychics? Leeches? Don't tell me the nice people next door are vampires. Are you mocking me? Mrs. White, we're on edge right now. The birth, Johannes, money. Murder charges? I read about your friend. They think you did it? (laughs) Absurd. You think I'm innocent? I didn't say anything about innocent. But a murderer? No. We both know who did it, don't we? Mrs. White looks deep into David's eyes. You were right about Ava. She sent us photos. Mika shows Mrs. White the edited picture on her phone. Ah, his babies. Hungry little bastards, too. Excuse my language. Most of them die before they reach adulthood. He usually eats them. The one in your head, though, is positively blossoming. In my head? Hmm. Right. Mrs. White reaches over and grabs David's wrist tight. I can show you. Interior, kitchen, night. Mrs. White mixes herbs from Mika's garden in a mug of warm water. David sits on the floor. Mika is close beside him. He can't hide how nervous he is. That's not like ayahuasca or shrooms, right? Certainly not. No hallucinations. Only the truth. She hands David the cup. He looks to Mika, who nods. Cheers. David takes a swig. His eyebrows raise. Not bad. Takes another swig. Lie down. Once he's on his back, Mrs. White hovers a half lemon over his face. Wait, what's that for? She squeezes the lemon juice into David's eyes. He screams. What the hell are you doing? Making him see again. David continues screaming until he suddenly goes rigid. Quick memory flashes. David's POV. The night of Johannes' birthday. David in the bathroom. Fred stands at the toilet. He reveals sharp black teeth. David laid out on the bathroom floor as Fred shoves his leech-like tongue down his throat. Slurps. Johannes's house. David finds Brandon in the closet. David watches Johannes and Fred as they tear Tim apart. Fred and Johannes rip David's clothes, laughing as they bite him. Johannes, deformed, twisted into a large, wet creature, stands over David. Johannes and Fred appear to argue. Johannes shoves Fred. In the back of a van, David is dazed, stupefied. Across from him, a dead Brandon. On the beach, David looks up at the nighttime sky as his eyes roll back into his head. Back to scene. David bolts up, taking in a large gulp of air. (gasps) Mika and Mrs. White are still at his side. What? Was that a dream? What did you see? I... I remember everything! Everything! Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. 
Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. She's right. Johannes and his nephew? They're leeches! Fred? His protege, the next in line to the throne. They drank from me! Put his tongue in my... David puts his hand to his mouth in horror as he recalls. They killed Brandon! Set me up for it! Is what he does... He's going to enslave your whole family. By ruining my life? He'll take money, your life force, your flesh, whatever he can. Lie down again. What? Why? You've seen what he's done. Now you need to see what he'll do. Lie down. Close your eyes. David complies. Inside his eyelids, everything is white. Quick flashes, David's visions. In Denise's room, two nurses transfer her placenta into a biohazard bag. A nurse puts the placenta into a refrigerated storage unit. Johannes creeps in, opens the refrigerator door. Johannes holds Denise's placenta bag to his face, inhaling. A security guard grabs Johannes by the arm. Johannes knocks him down, runs. In his truck, Johannes chews on Denise's bloody bench sheets. Johannes rips open the bag of placenta, shovels it into his mouth, feasting, moaning. Back to scene. David wakes, scared and pale. What did you see? That sick freak ate her placenta. I think he wants the babies. Just then, two dark and bloody blobs slither down David's nostrils. David! Mrs. White yanks them out of his nose and throws them to the ground. Her small foot stomps on them until they're spread out on the ground like strawberry jelly. He knows you know. It doesn't matter. We're leaving. You think that'll stop him? Fool! He'll get you, wherever you are, and those babies. You saw it. What about Gina? She left with her kid and they're fine? Lucky for her, Johannes already had a new lease with new tenants. But he said our lease is expiring. You sign a new one or you die. We're supposed to live here till we can't pay and then let him eat us? Or you can put an end to this forever and stop him now. Hold on, why is this on us? Why don't you stop him? You clearly know everything. I'm not the fool who moved his family into the lion's den. I said from day one you didn't have what it takes to live here. David straightens his back, summoning resolve. Tell me how to get rid of him. 
Mrs. White looks at the baby bag packed with the other luggage on the floor. Same way you catch a mouse. Exterior, bungalow, day. It's a bright, fresh day. Mika and David unload the newborn twins from the car. Super, day 365. Mika closes the car door, looks at the house. She holds one of the babies close to her face. Welcome home. Interior, nursery, day. What was once David's office is now a functional nursery. Mika and David each bottle feed a baby. David sniffs the bottom of the baby in his arms. I think this one needs a change. Mika wrinkles her nose. I think you're right. David places his baby in the crib. He wraps the diaper and tosses it into a garbage bag that's already half full of dirty diapers. Interior, living room, night. Mika and David laugh on the sofa as the babies sleep in their arms. It's a picture-perfect image of a family. Mika looks down at her baby girl. Who are you? Charlotte? Celeste? How about my mom's name? Loretta? Doesn't really suit her. Well, Tobias and I think it does. Tobias? I like it. David smiles, thrilled to get a green light from Mika. Mika, I just want to say I hated lying about Brokoin. I convinced myself I was protecting you, but it was my own ego I was protecting. The thought of disappointing you again made me feel like shit about myself. I'm going to make it right. Mika sees that he's sincere, lets her guard down a little. I need a partner, not a martyr. You're going to be a good dad. Thanks. They exchange a meaningful look. David kisses the soft head of his son, Tobias. Interior, bedroom, night. 2 a.m., all lights are out. David and Mika are asleep. The babies are bundled in a bedside bassinet. Exterior, bungalow, night. Quiet except for the usual crickets, owls. Bright full moon. Exterior, creek, night. In the darkness... Johannes wades into the water. He reaches his hand under the surface, searches for something. After a moment, he pulls out a large gelatinous capsule. It's a cocoon. Holds it up to the moonlight, revealing its velvety yet slimy texture. Johannes cradles it lovingly in his arms. He whispers tender, sweet nothings to it. Oh, ready for your first meal, my love. Yes, you are. It's time to collect the rent, dearest. Johannes takes the cocoon, opens his mouth, and swallows it. Interior, bedroom, night. Mika and David are still asleep. Their bedroom door creaks open as Johannes' massive figure creeps in. We only see his silhouette as he glides across the room. He's making a clear beeline for the bassinet. Mika's eyes are wide open. She's been awake the entire time. She struggles to control her breath as Johannes gets closer. Johannes stands over the bassinet. He lets out a deep, simultaneous groan and sigh from the back of his throat. A bloated hand reaches into the crib and then Mika, fully dressed, jumps out of the bed and aims a spray bottle at Johannes. Don't touch my kids! Before he can respond, she squeezes the bottle trigger. 
Johanna screams in agony. Blinded. Mika continuously squeezes the bottle several more times, straight into Johannes's eyes. David, let's go! David hops out of the bed armed with his own bottle. They're ready for him. While Johannes cries in agony, Mika and David grab the bundled babies and run out of the room. Hallway. Mika and David split up. He heads to the cellar and she goes to the kitchen. Johannes's loud cries suddenly stop. Kitchen. In the kitchen, Mika opens a drawer and takes out a knife. Johannes stomps into the kitchen. He's gone a sickening shade of dark green. The skin around his eyes drips off his face. Mika is more scared than ever, but stands her ground. Lemon juice! You've been listening to that stupid old bitch! Johannes' eyes settle on the baby Mika has in her arms. I'm hungry. Got anything good to eat? Max the cat approaches Johannes, rubs against his bloated, discolored ankles. Johannes picks Max up, grazing his cheek along the cat's face. My friend. Leave him alone. You've been a good kitty cat, haven't you? My eyes and ears, I thank you. Johannes opens his mouth wide and chomps down on the cat, taking a large bite out of his head. He tosses the cat's carcass to the side as Mika stares in shocked, silent horror. Now, Johannes' body begins to morph. His head grows round and wide. The hair disappears from his scalp. He becomes taller, too. He stands at least seven feet tall, towering over Mika as he comes closer. I'm not a monster. I'll let you choose which baby to give me. You can keep the other. Deal? Mika hugs the baby even tighter. If you don't choose, I'll choose for you. Fine. I'll have that baby. Johannes wrangles the baby from her arms. Immediately, he bites down on the bundled infant. But something isn't right. Johannes frowns. Gag. His mouth is full of brown. Shit! He looks at the bundle. It's not a baby. It's a bundle of dirty diapers. David, now! Johannes turns around to see David with a bag of salt. Before he can react, David launches half the bag onto him. Johannes roars. Weakened, he falls to his knees and then the floor. Everything ready? Exactly the way Mrs. White said. Interior, cellar, night. The cellar is dimly lit by battery-powered lanterns. Johannes, in his normal form, is sprawled out on the old mattress, his arms and legs tied separately. A funnel has been stuffed into his mouth with a rope wrapped around his head to secure it. His eyes flutter open to see Mika standing over him. Hope you're still hungry. David walks over with two gallons of blood in his hands. He smirks as Johannes' eyes widen. You know how many halal and kosher delis I had to hit up to get this much animal blood? He points to a dark corner of the room where at least ten more gallons of blood sit. We're gonna be here a while. David unscrews the lid off one of the containers, pours blood into the funnel, slow and then faster. Johannes chokes as blood spurts. You killed my friend. You killed my cat. You wanted to eat my kids. I think I threw out my back getting you down here. You earned every drop of this. David doesn't stop. 
He finishes dumping the first gallon and grabs another, and another, and another, and another. Later, before long, Johannes has swelled twice his size. His clothes are in tatters, blood splattered all over the place. Mika checks the ropes which have tightened on Johannes' wrists and ankles. We might need to retie these. There's just two gallons left. Are we sure this is enough? He should be close to bursting. She pushes on Johannes' distended gut. It's hard, firm. Let's keep going. David grabs another gallon, pours. But after a moment, Johannes' whole body starts shaking. What's happening? Blood gushes out from between Johannes' legs as he emits a guttural cry. The swelling in his belly moves downward. Is this it? Is he about to pop? There's something, there's something in there. Mika observes the changes in Johannes' belly, puts a hand on his slimy, cold flesh. A realization washes over her as the muscles in his stomach move. David, I think he's having contractions. What? He's basically a leech, right? Leeches are hermaphrodites. They, they can self-fertilize. David is still lost. Johannes is pregnant. We've been feeding his baby. Before David can respond, the unmistakable sound of a baby crying rings out. Mika looks between Johannes' legs where a bulbous black mass protrudes from a translucent cocoon. Unsure of what to do next, Mika and David look at each other. We have to kill it. We can't. It's not a... It's, it's a baby. But it's not human. I can't believe we're even discussing this. As Mika and David argue, the newborn leech wriggles out of its cocoon. Its body is like a long and slimy ribbon, the size of a full-grown German shepherd. It stretches and contracts its body, inching forward like a worm. Johannes beams at his offspring, proud. David! The baby leech attaches itself to David's leg, sucking and guzzling. David looks down, horrified. Oh my God! He tries to kick it off, but it's no use. The massive baby is thick and heavy with blood. David falls. He's fading. Fast. Where's the lemon juice? Mika looks around for a bottle, anything to stop the baby leech. She picks up an old brick, bashes the leech with it. It doesn't even flinch. The salt! Mika searches for the salt in the dark room. Johannes growls. I can't find it! Interior, kitchen, night. Desperate, Mika runs back upstairs to find something, anything that will work. She spots a bottle of bleach. Interior, cellar, night. David struggles to stay conscious. Mika returns, dumps bleach onto the baby leech. Instantly, its flesh sizzles and fizzes. A moment later, it detaches from David as it violently shakes and quivers until it finally goes still, dead. Mika rushes over to David. The leech bite is swollen, purple. I'm fine. You definitely don't look fine. She looks around. The mattress is empty. Where's Johannes? David's eyes look beyond her. Mika slowly turns to see. Johannes, completely transformed into a 10-foot mega-leech. No longer leech-human hybrid, but a full-on blood-sucking monster with a dozen rows of serrated teeth. He looks pissed. I'm sorry, but you made me do it. I, I didn't want to. He snarls. <sighs> she backs away. You wanted to feed your baby with my baby. I didn't have a choice. Yes, you did. Johannes advances quickly on Mika. You don't know what it means to grow a life inside you. I'm going to eat every bone, organ, and drop of blood in your barren body. David struggles to his feet and steps in front of Mika. Go! Run! You have to! No! He brings her in close, whispers. Let me be the martyr. 
just this once. Burn this shithole down. With his teeth, Johannes yanks David off his feet. He tosses him in the air like a popcorn kernel, swallows him whole. Mika flees the cellar, slams the door closed. Closet. She sits on the floor, takes a moment to let out a brief sob. But Johannes is making his way up the steps, bangs against the cellar door. Bang, bang. He hits it again and again. Mika is no longer afraid, but determined to survive. Interior, cellar, moments later. Mika returns from the kitchen with lighter fluid and a candle lighter. She swings the cellar door open, expecting Johannes. He's not there. A viscous substance drops on her head. Mika looks up. Johannes has scaled the wall and clings to the ceiling. His drool pools on the floor. He drops to the ground. Mika dives out of the way, narrowly avoids being crushed. She goes back up the cellar steps. Johannes follows her there, tries to squeeze through the doorway. He makes it halfway out before he can't go any further. He's stuck. Mika laughs, infuriating him. <laughs> Mika pours the lighter fluid on the ground, but stops when she sees that Johannes is transforming again. This time, he's returned to his normal size, completely nude. Closet. Johannes smiles wickedly as he now passes the doorway easily. Mika tries desperately to ignite the lighter. Click, click. It's empty, of course. But something isn't right with Johannes either. He pauses, holds his stomach. A gurgling sound rumbles inside him. His face and body begin swelling as he turns purple. He's expanding like a balloon on a helium tank. Johannes's guts and blood explode everywhere. The entire closet and cellar is covered with an impossible amount of bodily fluids. The remainder of Johannes's body begins to melt and sizzle. His head rolls off his neck and tumbles down the steps, landing on the cellar ground with a squishy thud. David is in the fetal position, drenched in Johannes's goo. David! Cellar. Mika runs to David wipes away some of the goo. Weak, David lifts up an empty bag of salt. Found salt. Despite the gore and sludge, Mika embraces and kisses him. Interior, bedroom, day. David rests in a chair. Mika brings him a glass of water and towel. He slowly stands. Are you ready? I'm gonna clean up first. Forget it, let's go. Someone's gonna come looking for that bastard eventually. We can't leave it like this. He tries to ease her concern with a weak smile. Go on. I'll meet you at Mrs. White's house after I'm done. Are you sure? Celeste and Tobias need their mom right now. From now on, we're gonna be a family. A real family. I mean it. Mika trusts him for the first time in a long while. By the way, it's Charlotte. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I 
wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Exterior, Mrs. White's house, day. Mika knocks on Mrs. White's door. As she waits, she looks at the rising sun. Optimism and relief wash over her. The door opens. It's Dr. Daniels, wearing a Santa hat. Interior, Mrs. White's sitting room, day. Mika waits on the sofa. Dr. Daniels stares at her soiled clothes and dirty face. Excuse me for saying this, but you look a real mess. Up all night undoing Schumacher curses, what can I say? Dr. Daniels gives her a quizzical look. Oh, I assumed you already knew about Johannes. Johannes is quite a troublemaker, but the Chumash aren't to blame. Then how'd he become? A little old world magic of the Anglo-Saxon variety. Mrs. White enters with the twins. She sets them near Mika and opens her seed drawer, takes out an old flat lead tablet with an inscription. Mrs. White hands the tablet to Mika. The inscription reads, In the name of the ancient ways and the spirits of this sacred land, I cast this curse upon Johannes and his family. May his insatiable hunger for wealth and power consume him as he feasts upon the misfortune of others. Let his desires be his shackles, his obsession, his prison. As he drains the life of others, let him wither and decay, a leech upon his own destiny, a parasite upon his own soul. As Mika reads these words, her jaw drops. My first curse tablet. Imagine my surprise when it actually worked. (laughs) Oh, don't look so shocked. I couldn't let him get away with hurting my baby brother. Thank you, sissy. Mm -hmm. But you didn't tell us. What difference does it make now? Mrs. White brings over a pot of tea, pours her a cup. But Mika grows alarmed the longer she thinks on it. I don't want any of your fucking tea. She shoves the cup out of her face. If it was your curse, why'd you need us to break it? Honey, you didn't break the curse. You just killed Johannes. He was going to eat... Absolutely. He was going to eat you and your children. Now he's not. Mrs. White touches Mika's face. Mika recoils. We're leaving Oak Creek now. Mika stands to leave, but inwardly she panics. She senses they're not getting out that easy. I don't think Fred will like that. What's Fred got to do with it? He inherits everything, including the bungalow and its tenants. Why are you doing this? Angry, Mika grabs her scrawny shoulders. But with one terrifying look from Mrs. White, Mika releases her grip. Johannes was a flawed but necessary evil. He provided balance in Oak Creek 
Without sacrifice, we can't keep the peace. The riffraff would take over. You know firsthand. The type I'm talking about. No, I don't. You belong here. With like-minded people who believe in protecting what's important. Family. This, this is a bubble. It isn't reality. You think the world out there is a reality? <laughs> it's a disease. A plague that we're immune to. Killing innocent people and babies? You're worse. The HOA agrees that Johannes's greed got out of hand. I think you'll find Fred a reasonable alternative. Mika fights back tears. The nightmare is far from over. She looks to Dr. Daniels, who smiles a toothless, empty smile. Dr. Daniels, please. Fred's a good boy. Might even be HOA president one day. Go home. Rest up. With that useless man of yours out of the picture, you'll need to get to work. Put that green thumb to use. From outside, the sound of sirens. What do you mean, out of the picture? Exterior, street, day. Mika runs holding both babies and carriers. Several police, ambulance, and fire truck vehicles are outside the bungalow. Exterior, the bungalow, day. Police escort David out of the house in handcuffs. David looks sad, helpless, as his eyes meet Mika's. Mika frantically approaches a dopey officer. Stop! He's innocent! Ma'am, please step out of the way. Why are you arresting him? The cop looks around, making sure his buddies can't hear. For the murders of Brandon Rao and Johannes Lothmaum. You've got it all wrong. Johannes was trying to kill us! Looks like he had them all locked in the cellar. You didn't notice? Blood everywhere. I'd never seen anything like it. Honestly, we might be looking at more than two victims. Caught him trying to burn the place down. Mika's face falls as she looks down at her children. Don't worry, you're not implicated. He admitted to everything. Plus, the Lothamal family swears to your innocence. He points to Fred and Georgia talking to officers. Fred smiles and waves. Exterior, bungalow, front porch, day. The police wrap up. Mika stares ahead, shell-shocked, as the babies sleep in their carriers. Fred approaches. Cute babies. Mika cringes. She stares at Fred, hatred all over her face. You don't have to worry. I'm not my uncle, grandpa, whatever. I don't care. Fred stands uncomfortably close. I need you to know things are going to be different. Better. Mika turns her face away, hot tears returning. So you can stay, but I'll have to raise the rent. The end. Excellent. Excellent. Bravo. Bravo. It's magical. Dominique, are you are you happy? Yeah, there was one thing we, um, that one more time. That we had to... Hey, David, can you give me that <clears throat> ball hit and reaction as well from in the shower? I'll cut that in under the voiceover. Just a you know. Uh, you so know, when he falls, and he, uh, that just, just okay. the vocalization for what uh, Jack just said happened. If you could just give me the. Uh, Wild so from, group version from Squish. Uh, he, he can just do it. He can just oh, do it wild, and I'll gotcha. cut it underneath your dialogue. Cool. <laughs> Genius. That's good. Man. Way to use your props. I actually think it's a reaction. And then it's a... Once upon a time, there was a girl. 
who dreamed of flying through the stars. Who dared to resist injustice. Who lived to a beat and a rhythm that was all her own. Her name was Chloe Frida. Oprah. Celia Cruz. Josephine. Greta. Ruth. Alice. One day, she wondered, could today be the beginning of something new? This was her one opportunity to do something, something big. So that's exactly what she did. Along the way, she discovered that she wasn't alone. Her body felt strong, her mind sharp. She was prepared to work as hard as it took. Her words were making a real change, and she felt powerful. I'm Gail King. I'm Andrew Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jamila Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio.